Bye. Hello and welcome to Knock Knock High with the Glockum Fluckums. We are coming in hot today. I feel like I got to get my energy up. Mm-hmm. It's where where I'm running low. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm getting toward the end make of the it day. Till you make it then. I've 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 been in clinic all day mm-hmm. and we were recording and it's just you know yeah it's, it's a lot it's I'm, been a long day trying to do it I'm trying to because the people I don't want to project my exhaustion onto our audience no they have their own exhaustion everyone's exhausted about something what excuse do i have (laughs) no excuse anyway i'm dr glockham flecken also known as will flannery (laughs) i am lady glockham flecken also known as Kristen flannery so uh we we thought about what we're going to talk about with the intro here but um then we recorded our episode Mm -hmm. uh and that's what we do first people may not know that we first we do the interview you know the Mm -hmm. the stories and the games and all that with the guests so that they can, you know, we can be, use their time efficiently. Then we do the other parts where they're separately. not involved separately and we do it afterward. And right. so, you know, it's a little bit out of order from what people hear. So we were about 20 minutes into our um, interview, our wonderful mm-hmm. time with Dr. Sammy and Dr. Anna. We were so engrossed oh, in the gosh. conversation that we didn't even notice that we didn't start recording the audio or the video. <laughs> So we really just failed at our job entirely. We have, we have the audio and video. Like you're going to hear it, but yeah. it's it's through Riverside. It's through our, our we have recording files. app. Let's it's, just put it that way. We have backup some backup files. files. So, exactly. Yeah. It's not going to be the high quality, uh, the beautiful 4K HD that you see of uh, me, uh, Kristen too, but you know, mostly me. I'm sure people love the beauty here mm-hmm. of me post you know, clinic. Yes. The beautiful hair. Most people do love you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they fine. come. I'm sure they come to see you. They don't come <laughs> to see me. Um, and uh, so we we have all those things you're going to see and hear them, but um, it's just not going to be the quality that you're used to, the quality that you're hearing right now. So yeah, we're just going to tell you that Sorry. up front, and that way we save ourselves all the comments. That's right. That's like <laughs> we get it. We know. Uh, and we will never do it again. So and, sorry. And now we have to buy our audio producer, audio engineer, uh, Jason, uh, a very nice, like, I'm sorry, present. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he probably puts up with a lot from he us. He does. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have wonderful people uh, that are that are helping us put all this together. And uh, he is definitely one of them. And, uh, you know. It's, it's, you know, he's, it's just, he's it long what suffering it is. at this point. Is is what it is. He's he's um yeah he's got his work cut out for him on this one. So that's right. Uh, but we're excited for the guest. It's and, a really fun episode. Oh, it yeah. is. We talk because we don't we haven't talked a lot about pediatrics. Yeah, I feel like. And these two are a fun time. Like they are knowledgeable. They are well spoken. I like that you know they've got this like good cop bad cop thing almost. I mean, mm. not really. They're both they're both good cops, but like. Dr. Sammy's a little, like you say in the episode, she's a little fiery. And then Dr. Mm-hmm. Anna's like a little cooler, calmer, you know, kind of reminded me Good. of us. Which one is which? Y- you don't know. I'm afraid to say. I think that tells you right there which one you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, guys tell us what we are. Um, <laughs> I was thinking I'm the fiery one. Okay. And you're the calmer, cooler I could see just, that. So does that mean you're bad cop? Am I a good cop? No, I shouldn't say bad, good and bad. It's not good and bad. It's just that it's, it's just like, cops. you know, <laughs> spicy and then soothing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I, guess I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right there. It does help to have two people who are a little bit slightly different. 
Yeah, just like balance yeah. each other out. But you it know, is, compliment it was, each other. We had so much fun. Um, I, I enjoyed just like throwing topics at them. Uh, yeah, like, they were good sports. They were good kind sports. of all over the place. Uh, we were. We were just all. <laughs> I have so many questions of it because we're I parents, know. right? right? And, and kids are so fascinating because their bodies are just like always changing. And so it's different at different ages, right. what they need. So, so I, I've got yeah. so much respect for the the um, the unicorn hat wearing That's right. uh, physicians out there. And people they have some really good kids. stories, too, from their they training. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's get to it, huh? Yes. All right. Here is Dr. Anna and Dr. Sammy of the PD Pals. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This AI-powered ambient technology is helping you, physicians, be more efficient and reduce clinical documentation burdens that cause us to feel overwhelmed and burnt out. To learn more about how DAX can help reduce burnout and restore that joy of practicing medicine. Kristen, you got to have that joy. You got to have it. Stick around after the episode or visit nuance.com slash discover dax that's n-u-a-n-c-e dot com slash discover d-a-x all right we are here with dr anna and dr sammy of the pd pals fame the uh the i i think probably the the best uh pediatrician presence on tiktok by far in my in my honest humble opinion as an ophthalmologist (laughs) how many of them are there I don't know. You're the only ones I see. So, but, but, but I love it. I love, I love what you, what you do. So thank you so much for joining us. It's really a pleasure to get to talk with you finally. Well, thank you for for having us. us. I'm pretty sure all our friends are going to be jealous. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We're big fans. So you, you guys are definitely our favorites. Oh, thank you. And likewise, I watch your stuff like as a parent. Um, I subscribe to you on my personal Instagram channel to kind of keep up with. Because what do I, I do about these children? Yeah. Because I, I, because I don't, I don't help. Right. I, I'm not. No, he's I, my third child. I'm so far removed from pediatrics in a lot of different ways that it's. I, I come to you for education as well. So, um, but we, I want to start off by talking about Texas because we were just there. We, uh, you guys, where, where exactly are you working? We're in Houston. You're in Houston. Okay, yep. that's where I grew up. Yeah. Not, not too far from Houston. So I grew up in Deer Park, Texas. That's um um you're you're like looking at me like oh, oh, no. really that's where you no grow- wonder you got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're like, we're a- looking at you with different reactions. I'm looking at you like someone who grew up in Canada, like oh Deer Park, sure. Oh. And, and Anna's the one that grew up. Yeah, oh, I know exactly you. where that is. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's right where all the refineries are. No, I'm not wrong. This permanent permanent glow from the refinery. We call them cloud makers, oh. actually. No, but um. Uh, so you've been in Houston. How long have you two been working together in Houston? Uh, it's 2015, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah around but there. We, our relationship predates that, but we've been, yeah. uh, I was her resident upper level. And so. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, it so was a long, of, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up in Houston uh, for most mm-hmm. of my like high school, middle school. So my family's from here. And then Sammy decided to cop me, me and, and move to Houston <laughs> or that's what we, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So yeah, we met in residency and then we both ended up um, back in Houston and working together and haven't looked back since. What actually happened to you guys? <laughs> 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 I, a couple of matched with my husband who's a Texan. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, there right. you go. See, <laughs> he's. Well, from see, that was gonna be Houston. that was gonna be my next question. Like, okay, you you come you came from Canada. It's it's just quite a. It's very different. Yeah. Very different. Well, I wanna I wanna get to, obviously talk about the PD pals and the origin of it and and what you're doing on social media because I think it's so great. But let's let's first figure out how you got to that point. So you said you 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 both were in residency together, uh, and and. What was it that drew you to each other in terms of wanting to work together? Uh, there must have been some kind of experience you had where you're like, oh, I like this person. To or want at to... least, I don't hate this person. That's where we are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> trauma. Yeah. Trauma, right? Uh, trauma yeah. bonding. And uh, sarcasm and humor yeah, and sarcasm. Yeah. Combined with the trauma. <laughs> Well, I, it, it all started, I was telling Anna when we were talking about, you know, this, this, what we were going to talk about with you guys, I was like, we could be those people that are like, back when our, in our day when we had paper yeah. charts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, before, before Epic and all that fun stuff, uh, I was a third year resident, she was an intern, and we got paired together just by luck of the draw, mm. when we were doing, uh, you know, inpatient call, and it it was just like one miserable call night after another. <laughs> Our first night of call was epic. And then it just kind of all kind of flew, uh -huh. flew downhill from there. Um, and we, we learned that both of us are the kind of people that will laugh in the face of like very, you know, traumatic experiences or, or situations where you shouldn't oh, you be to. laughing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got to have that. There's always a little dark sense of humor because yeah. it helps you get through those times. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have anything in particular that happened during those call nights? Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was I was an intern off the bat, so I was already traumatized from the get go, you know. Okay. And so I was just trying to hold on to somebody, somebody for support, as you probably remember your intern days. Uh -huh. But you know, you just kind of get thrown in, and you know, back in our day, we um, didn't. We were we kind of ran the residents, kind of ran the hospital, so we didn't always have attendings. Our you know attending positions there uh, in the nighttime. And so me and Sammy got paired up on our nights. And so it was just, it was us, <laughs> you know, against the world. And um, we had a couple, I think both of our, in medicine, we call it like a, a black cloud. You know, if you've had uh -huh. just everything attracts you, you know, all, all the darkness <laughs> attracts you. Right. And so we were kind of two black clouds combined. And so we had a pretty horrific night the first night where um, we, that was our first call together. Sammy was like, oh gosh, I have this intern. It's like her first night ever on call. I hope she can, you know, just keep up. Um, yeah. and I was just hoping not to die myself. So we had, um, survival. That's all survival. you were going for here. Yeah. And people think, you know, pediatrics is, is, is so, so much fun and so much, you know, but it gets intense when these kids are sick and they are, you know, we call it crumping or they're getting really mm -hmm. sick. Um, it gets very intense and you're it, you know? Um, so there was definitely a night where, um, we were kind of covering the whole hospital because at nighttime, you're just kind of in the bare minimum crew. And so we were, uh, you know, Sammy was on one floor, I was on one floor and we were just having kids just getting sick. And of course they all get sick at the worst moments when you have the least amount of people there. And, yeah. you know, that's just how, the, how it always goes. So, you know, she was running one code. I was running one code. It was just, we were just trying to put out ah. fires left and right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I can let Sammy tell the rest of the story, but wait, 
what you were run you were both running a code does that does there, that just mean any code or do you mean like so it was were like two kids simultaneously oh, coded yeah no it was more than two multiple, <laughs> I, multiple. When I'm, we're not even exaggerating it was rsv <laughs> season and the picu was full oh, the pediatric man. icu was full it was just her and i like we were the only two physicians in the children's hospital and I was like, hi, I'm Sammy. Nice to meet you. And it was like our little pager was like, beep, 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 beep. So we like run off to the first. It was a rapid at first where you, it's not quite a code situation with the kids starting to deteriorate. Sure. So we both go off and I'm thinking I'm going to get a chance to teach her something. And we get there and, and and I'm like, OK, you know, let's give the kid oxygen. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then I get another <laughs> another page oh, and I and I pick it up and they're like, they're like, this nurse, Jessica, is giving CPR in room like four, whatever. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> They're like, yeah, she's oh giving CPR. Gosh. Like, you got to get here. And so I turned to Anna and I was like, you're on, kid. <laughs> oh, man. Good, Good luck. luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, call me if you Trial need anything. Fire. Yeah. I was like, call me if you oh need anything. God. And so I ran off to the other kid that I like started to run a code. And it was just, it was like that. It was just like one after the other. And I didn't know what code meant before. Yeah. Happened to you. So can you tell people who may not be in medicine what that means exactly? It's basically that their heart has stopped and they're dying. So what you have personally done yourself, you have yeah. ran a code, but it's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, starts with CPR, but then it also starts with all kinds of other assistance as well. So medications and uh, starting IVs and central lines and, and doing whatever you can to keep the person alive, depending on what it is that you know, had them decompensate essentially. Yeah. And, and this wasn't, Anna, was this, this was like day one of residency? Yeah, you? pretty much. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was literally my first night, my first like 30 hour call. It was like, yeah, it was pretty much, I was barely learning how to write orders and prescribe medications. Like, you know, and it, you, you learn all that stuff in medical school, but then practically speaking, oh, when you have it, totally you know, it's like game, a whole nother right? thing. Yeah. So luckily I had an awesome upper level over she there. that. Great. Yeah, we saved lives that day, you guys. <laughs> we were, we well, all we. <laughs> there was also other things that happened, but we definitely we were just flying by the seat of our pants at that point, you know. And the nurses, of course, I mean, the nurses that run the hospitals, they really are um, not appreciated enough because they help us a lot um, through it all. Yeah. So yeah, and rapids. Just to clarify, rapids uh, in the pediatric world is, let's say, they're not fully coding, so their heart hasn't stopped or they haven't stopped completely breathing, but they're getting to that point where we're having to escalate care to either move them to the ICU or figure out next steps. So she was handling the codes, and I was trying to manage the rapids that were going on at the same time. Yeah. I My think goodness. I think everyone's every every physician has like a. A, a story or like vivid memories of like their first serious experience as a physician, whether it's like a first night of call, first night doing something. For me, it was my my first night in the ICU, like by myself and like Googling what is ECMO, trying to like figure <laughs> out like what on earth I'm supposed to be doing. And you're so right. Not only like do you rely on the other people that are there that, that you know, because it's such a team sport, right? All of this stuff. Um, but also the the bonding with your co-residents and your co-interns, like it's it's there's nothing like it, and you that's why you end up you know, friends for life yeah. with these people, right? Yeah. And people that you still call on like 10, 20, you know, 30 years later. And sometimes you 
you end up uh, you know, making a TikTok account with them, yeah. apparently. <laughs> so yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> very, very common. Exactly. Uh, you, you, guys, you guys did send us some, some interesting... Uh, I, I love it when you send us, when our guests send us like little teaser stories of like, and I, I just put myself in the, your position, like what on earth would I do in that situation? Like one of them you, you sent was uh, a toddler that was given 10 times the dose of Toradol. That what was that Toradol? same night. That, that was, was literally the same what night. Do you, what do you do? What is, yeah. So Toradol is um, is a, is an anti-inflammatory like IV. It's, it's like, an NSAID yeah. that you give IV, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think it's that's, like that's exactly right. still correct. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. What do you do? D- during, this all happened during these rapids, you know, because we, because Sammy's over there, you know, trying to save a life and we are... Um, taking care of these kids that are really sick. And so this is what happened from my perspective. Um, There was a child um, that was, I think, had a broken bone and was in a lot of pain. And so the nurse that was taking care of that child came to me and said, okay, we need uh, pain medicine, you know, and they had toward all that was on, on file. And so they said, how much pain medicine can we give? And so I'm over here trying to make sure this other child doesn't stop breathing. Right. So I calculated the dose and I gave them a verbal order which was again, back in our time, we could give those uh-huh. verbal, verbal orders. Yeah. Now they're a little bit more strict about it, but you know, in a, in a, a very, um, you know, rapid or code situation, that's what we do. Right. And so I gave a verbal order and that nurse, it was her first night. <laughs> it was her oh first my, night. Oh so she, so she gave 10 times the dose of Tordal. Um, and oh, yes. And then came back to us a little bit later and we were both like, uh, excuse me, how much Tordal did this baby get? And so of course, you know, at that point we are, um, you know, we went to go check on the baby and the baby is living, living their best life. <laughs> they are so happy yeah, and they're right. so pain free. And so we're like, okay, what do we do? You know, do we call our attending? The baby is fine. You know how it was a toddler. So right. we're like, how do we handle this? So we were checking, you know, creatinine levels, which are your kidney levels right. because Tordal can affect your kidneys. So we're doing cereal labs on the baby. We're checking on the baby, like every, you know, 10 minutes, even after the call finished, I was uh, on you know on my computer checking the lab <laughs> oh, luckily man. everything turned out okay but it was definitely um yeah it was a night the nephrologist would not be happy right. with, with you guys right. <laughs> you know, right. they'd be shaking their salt salt canister right in for your yeah. face like what are you doing that that um one of the things that always scared me the most about pediatrics was was the all the calculation the dosage the it, it's it's like i that might have been enough to just make me not want to do pediatrics. I was I was just terrified of giving the wrong amount of medication because yeah. there's so little like little right. bodies. So it's based on body size, yeah, right? And body and, weight, and like yeah. weight, yeah, most yeah. of it. Right? Yeah, and exactly. it's kind of fascinating for us because we're so used to it, right? Like it's it's just weight based. That's all it is, you know, right? And so we know, and right. we can buy when you get experience, you do it in your head, and it's all good. Uh, so, but when they turn eighteen, it's it's so like easy they're immediately not kids anymore right, right? and so it's so easy that it almost <laughs> feels arbitrary when you're writing the script it's like 20 milligrams like it's just <laughs> like 40 <laughs> like, how'd you get to that number you know, saying, like, okay <laughs> so, well, that i mean that I'm curious about that because like we still are different sizes as adults exactly. in different ways exactly. so how come 
I guess maybe should we because all adult be... doctors are lazy. That's why. <laughs> no, well, I and, and I think this has a lot to do too with. I mean, it's kind of related to like gender issues in medicine, right? Like generally speaking, women are smaller than men because we are a what is it like? Oh man, I'm digging into freshman <laughs> biology or something. <laughs> when you have a species where the men are bigger than the women, that's what we are. So. I believe that's correct. Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. But so. So then that means that women are probably getting not the well, right dose all range. the time, right? Oh, there's yeah. a range, yeah, right? Like still, like like 20 to 80 milligrams of whatever. And the, I feel yeah. that they're very arbitrary in the way that they pick that number. Right. Leave it up to the patient. Yeah. 20 milligrams, 80 milligrams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what do I take know? Three I'm to four tablets. <laughs> <laughs> take 10 times what it says. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, usually like the pharmacy, you know, in hospital settings, they usually catch this stuff, right? Because they're looking at mm -hmm. what yes. the max dose is and, and, you know, they have like little checks and balances at every point. But of course, this was the one night on my first night where all the checks and balances were missed. So it happened. Well, uh, the pharmacist was probably checking like the four or five other interns and in other no, areas. No, no, the, the pharmacist was also their first night on the job. <laughs> yeah. So, well, or they That's were it. also overwhelmed because they're having to send all <laughs> right. the medicine for the code. Yep. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Oh, I'll never boy. forget when the nurse came to tell us, it was like, her Anna and I had just regrouped in the hallway and she was like, I was like, I did this and this and this, and she did that. And we've got our little papers with all the patients' names and we're trying to whatever. And then she like sheepishly came up and she's like, um, Dr. Anna. <laughs> and we're like, Aww. Yes. <laughs> she's like, Now when you made that toradol dose, did you say like six or sixty? <laughs> she was like, hmm. definitely six. <laughs> she's Decimal like, okay, because the kid got sixty. <laughs> And then, it, oh, my oh my God, run to up to date. Like, yeah. now, oh no. Now, I know that there are probably people listening to this that are like, like white knuckling it, yeah. like, oh my God, I got to be in the hospital. What if this happens? <laughs> like, that, right. this is why quality improvement projects exist. Yeah. You know, like, uh, this is why, um, uh, you know, verbal orders are probably not, you know, accepted as much as they used to be. And, oh, yeah. and, and why, how we improve things in medicine, right. because, you know, stuff like this happens. And I mean, and it was the one and only time in, in both our careers that it really was like a perfect storm, but, yeah. but absolutely yeah. these are right. the types of situations and, and boy, we made sure like everything was made right. We filed incident reports. We talked to the family. We, you know, oh, we, yeah. we did everything that you have to do when something, a medication error happens, but yeah, this is exactly so how we improve. And you, right. so you, so you trauma bonded over this. I, I, I will admit it does sound like a traumatic experience <laughs> to have to go through all of this, but, uh, um, and then that has really been ever since then you've worked together. Is that pretty much at once you finished your training, you're like, Hey, let's go into practice and Couldn't get rid of her. <laughs> 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 Who's more attached to whom here? I mean, she really couples match with me. She's just saying yeah. she couples match really with her happened. husband, but you know, yeah, we just ended up You're a triples match. That's what happened. <laughs> I'm the third right. wheel that just wouldn't let go. No, um, yeah, we just ended up, um, I think, working together. Uh, she actually moved to Houston, started with a practice, and then I was like, "Hey, I know you, yeah. and I like you," and she was like, "Yeah, you know." So nice. then we ended up at the same practice and. And um, we, yeah, somehow trauma bonded our way to TikTok, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so when did you pick this up? When did you, was it with like the rest of us during lockdown and you just started making content, basically? It, it was during lockdown, but it, we're, we're so... <laughs> 
were so technologically like challenged that it wasn't like we woke up one day and we're like, let's get on social media. We were like, yeah. how do we give our patients like just access to information that they're asking us that we can't give them as readily as we could five minutes ago before lockdown? And we were like, they're asking us the same thing. Like, what do I do if they can't sleep? What do I do if they're constipated? What do I do if, you know, like same it's so if we could just have like some kind of library of, of, of like something. And we actually thought, let's make a podcast first. So we were not, neither of us were on social media. We had no like interest in being on social media. So mm -hmm. we actually thought of making a podcast first, which we did actually, we do have a podcast. Um, but then we were like, well, how do we advertise? <laughs> so I guess we'll start a social media just to start advertising it. And then we like, we couldn't even, I mean, when I tell you, we had no clue, like we couldn't even figure out what a reel was, like how to do anything on Instagram at first. And then when we finally kind of got the hang of it, we were like, whoa, <laughs> what is happening? Like, what's everyone saying? Is this what parents are listening to? Like, no, this is not, this is not good. Yeah. And then, and the podcast just became this like afterthought. We were like, wait, everything is not yeah. toxic. Hold on. Vaccines are good. Like do this, don't do that. You know? So yeah, then it just took a life of its own. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we always talk about with your stuff on social media too. It's like you need doctors, you know, it's a, it can be a good thing to be on social media because there is so much misinformation out there that mm -hmm. we need accurate information to counterbalance it. So if everyone just avoids it, then that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I sometimes like worry for your well being, the two of you, because like you're like everything I see, like you're like, there's so much misinformation and, and you're like constantly battling this stuff. Uh, so like, take care of yourself, please, because Thanks. I'm worried about you. <laughs> you know what? We're actually, <laughs> you do really, such a good job with it though. We're and, actually really and, lucky because we like take turns. So, oh, okay. yeah, so you're, she, you're I, I log off, burden. yeah, I log off for a week and then she logs off for a week and we just like tag you're it and we don't even look when it's not our turn. I mean, for that we, talk about, we talk about quitting like almost every other week. <laughs> we, <laughs> I mean, it does get to you. I mean, we're not going to lie, right? Yeah. We have another full-time job where we're taking care of patients and it takes everything out of you. And then you go on to this, another world, you know, and yeah. then you're, trying to do that. But when we see kind of the response where one of our videos might reach more people than we see in a year, you know, and then we get a lot more positive comments than the negative ones. And people are like, please don't stop. And, you know, then it, it you just, you're just like, okay, fine. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a whole other job, um, altogether. Right. Um, but yeah, it is definitely rewarding. It must be hard to balance that though. Having your, you know, people always ask me, do you still practice? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I still practice. And, and it, it juggling the two is sometimes very challenging. And so you know, how do you manage that? Are you, you know, you know, weeknights, weekends, you know, is that when you're making all your content and you know, at the end of a long day where you're, you know, seeing however many kids you're, you're seeing throughout the day or, yeah, pretty You're much. Like, how do you manage yeah. it? Not just, well. <laughs> you don't. You half-ass two things. Is that what you're doing? Much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is, yeah. Go ahead. Whenever we, I think, whenever we can fit it in, yeah. um, I might drive to work and record a video real quick in my car. Thankfully, it's con like it's stuff I know, right? Like it's not. We don't have to. It's like you know, you with anything to do with ophthalmology. 
it, when you're talking about a specific condition, it's not like I have to go research it. So th- thankfully it's in here. Uh, right. And so it's just yeah. like regurgitating what I would tell my patients most of the time. Some of it we have to really be thoughtful about because you can, it could be misconstrued and whatever, and it really has to, right. you know, but most of it is, it's pretty like, blah, 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 bye. <laughs> um, right. there's, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but like our content doesn't have that much editing or it doesn't have any, like anything flashy because we don't really spend that much time on it. We probably should, but we don't. Um, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, we just squeeze it in any place we can after hours, weekends. Uh, I like to like kind of film in bulk. Uh, I'll film like five or six of them, you know, and then. That's smart. Yeah. You, you're always it. telling yeah. me to do that. Yeah. And I, I just don't. I know. I don't know. Cause I, I, I just like, I feel like I've, I finished one thing and I'm like, oh man. Like, oh, I did one I thing. I did it. Oh, it's done. And now I get to not much. do anything for a little <laughs> while. And, and it, it, it seems hard to like say, oh, I'm going to do another thing right now. <laughs> yeah. So good for you for like, that's smart to like batch it like that. I think it would be difficult with a field like pediatrics, right? Where there are parents involved and what is more passionate than you know a parent about their child and then also all this misinformation around vaccines and all these things that you know like in ophthalmology I don't know I can't think of very many like negative comments you might get about talking about ophthalmology but you know in pediatrics I feel like you probably have to deal with a different level of trolling maybe than some of the you know other specialties I don't know I mean well everybody's very concerned about kids you know yeah and people I, have a lot of opinions people have a lot of opinions <laughs> I, I mean we don't have to tell you that right um yeah and so it must be hard I, I i know like whenever i make a piece of content that i feel like might get a bit of a you know response mm-hmm. and make some people angry it's like i feel like i don't i have to like time when i'm going to post oh, something yeah, like that totally because then it just sucks you in yeah. and then all of a sudden your morning is ruined because like you're replying and or, or you know just it's just on your mind and you can't think about anything else and so how do you i guess how do, how do you manage that aspect of it the the anger the the kind of the the the, the random well, you probably comments. see it in your offices as well like in yeah. person and online no i think no it's an online phenomenon. I yeah. think um, the the I think it's a lot easier to troll, you know, behind yeah. a phone. And so there's definitely people that are not really mincing their words, and it's just all coming out, you know. And then it, it it's just it's very hard to I think completely disconnect from it. Um, you know, my kind of uh, defense mechanism is I just sometimes don't read the comments and I try not to get That's into good. this like rabbit hole that you end up getting into. Um, I think we, ha- it's very, you have to be very strategic about what comments you're going to use to kind of improve um, your content and to be more, you know, to give, put out information that's going to actually help rather than just getting swept away by the trolls. Um, and there's definitely a lot of them. Um, so I think it's, it's finding that balance, but I mean, Sammy doesn't, she's very effective with her time. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like you where I like do one thing and then I'm exhausted and then I can't do anything else for a while and then I have to regroup. So, um, I think we just both kind of handle it in our own ways, but it's nice when we're kind of one person is just having a hard time and the other person can kind of take over. So that's really helpful. Yeah, you get a break built in. Yeah. And by For now sure. you've that realized really probably at this point in the podcast that 
Anna is the wiser of the two. <laughs> She's very like Zen and like, I just don't read the comments. <laughs> I, I do. I got to say the video, cause I've seen quite a number, a few of your videos. Um, uh, Sammy, you are a little bit more fiery yeah. um, and uh, tend to really get into it with people, <laughs> which makes for great content. Right, by the I'm way. Sure. Uh, so I want to, I want to explore um, uh, this idea of backlash on social media a little bit further, but let's take a break first. Hey, Kristen, what do you know about hearts? Well, I know they need to beat. That's true. And you're really good at making them do that. Yeah, I did that one. You helped me with mine. I did. I, was, I still appreciate that, by oh, the way. Oh, well, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah. You know what would help you learn even more about hearts? What? The Echo Core 500 digital stethoscope with three lead ECG. Nice. This thing is awesome. How do I look? How do I look? You look so the... fancy. Doesn't that look nice? Yeah. It's like, like anybody who listens to hearts in your job yeah. could benefit from one of these. That's right. It's got 40 times noise amplification, mm. noise cancellation, three audio filter modes, and a full color display. Yeah. So you can listen and see the ECG. That's it's right. amazing. It, it's really cool. I mean, what stethoscope allows you to do that? I know. We live it, in the it, future. It's incredible. It's also the best sounding uh, digital stethoscope that you're going to find out there. Trust me on that. We have a special offer for our U.S. listeners. Visit echohealth.com slash KKH and use code knock 50 to experience Echo's Core 500 digital stethoscope technology. That's EKOHealth slash KKH and use knock 50 to get a 75-day risk-free trial and a free case and free shipping with this exclusive offer. Hey, Kristen, do you mind if this little guy stares at you while you talk? Well, you know, they're kind of growing on me. I mean, hopefully not literally, but but these cute little guys. You know what they are, right? Yeah. Demodex mites. That's right. They cause itchy, red, scaly skin on the eyelids because yeah. they live on the eyelash follicles. Yeah, just eating up all your dirts and oils. That's why it's important to get your eyelids checked out if you have those types of symptoms. Don't freak out. Get checked out. To find out more, go to eyelidcheck.com. That's E-Y-E-L-I-D check.com to get more information about Demodex leveritis. All right, we are back here with Dr. Anna and Dr. Sammy of the PD Pals. And so here's what I want to do, because I get asked a lot about how I deal with negative comments. All right, and, and I... I, as much as I get that from time to time, you get, I feel like you get so much more of it just because of the sensitive nature of pediatrics. And like Kristen, like you mentioned, everyone like has an opinion on these things and there's a lot of misinformation. And so I think you deal with that a lot more than I do. So uh, I thought we could maybe help people kind of, you know, understand this, this point a little bit better by playing a little game. Mm. It's called backlash. All right. All right. I love it. It's called backlash. <laughs> I'm going to give you a topic. All right. And you're going to tell me on a scale from one to 10, how much backlash you get. Oh, I love it. On social media. <laughs> Bring it. Okay. And, the, and <laughs> let's do it. All right. Okay. So the first one, we're going to maybe start off um, a, a little lighter. All right. Let's go with, um, how about helmets? Helmets. Mm. Using helmets, how much backlash from a one to one? One is uh, um, like everyone's happy with you. Like, yay, good content. Good job. I, lo I love all of you, everything you say. 
Uh, 10 is uh, death to PD pals. Okay. <laughs> I would say, I don't know if you one. agree with me, Anna, this is this is a two because there's some random ones that are like, why don't you just put them in a bubble? <laughs> so yeah. You do get like a little bit of that where you're like, come on. Yeah. But most uh, people agree helmets are good. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. That's what I thought you'd say. All right. So helmets one, one to two. Here we go. Um, how about uh, uh, how about fluoride use? Mm. We're in Oregon, We're in so Oregon. this that's, is that's particularly salient out here. Yeah, yeah. I would say like eight. Really? Eight mm. to nine. Yeah, it's a it's a buzzword. It's a trigger word for a lot of people on there. And there's like a community. <laughs> there's like a loud community. So I mean, maybe we're we're kind of you know listening okay. to those people. It's maybe not the majority, but yeah, those people get loud. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard, but fluoride's toxic. (laughs) (laughs) And we're getting the fact that dose matters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fluoride, arsenic, they're interchangeable. Uh, (laughs) Right. You might as well be just trying to kill our kids, right? We've made a couple of dentist friends online, um, and they get it way worse than we do because we don't do that much fluoride content. Yeah. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, I'd agree with Anna. It's it's up there. Physicians tend to stay away from teeth. Yeah. We, we're not yeah. we're not big into into the teeth business. Um, They're luxury the intact- bones, as you call them. <laughs> That's right. like, yeah, it's exactly. What's funny because I've I've used that joke once uh, in my videos, and then I have like you people, got backlash. I got back. That. I got teeth backlash. <laughs> yeah, uh, people saying, "Oh, well, uh, teeth are not actually bones. It's actually the orthos, the or- yeah. orthopods." Oh, yeah. They're all they're pointing. Uh, don't please do not disrespect <laughs> bones by calling teeth bones here. Okay, so you know everything. Everybody's got a thing right. that they are passionate about. Um, okay. Uh, also, follow up. Uh, Texas. Do you guys have fluoride in the water there? I didn't have any cavities growing up, so yeah, I think probably right. Oregon. No fluoride in no, the water. No fluoride. We got to use like special like mouthwash. mouthwash. And, and and then you get like the really, I don't know what's in it, but you get that treatment like painted on your teeth when you go to the dentist. If you want it, they let you refuse it. And it's because like the, the crazy people <laughs> that were like, no, do not, do not poison our, our teeth. I don't know. That guy on YouTube told me it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's fluoride. Um, Okay, here we go. Sleeping. Mm. Just in general. Ugh. What kind of sleeping stuff do you do you get? How about I know, I know for a fact the co-sleeping thing. That's a mm-hmm. big deal. That's a big deal. So tell me about that. One to ten. Yeah, it's it's a nine because if it's not the controversies that surround bed sharing, then it's that you let your baby cry it out. You're a terrible parent. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. held my baby. You're a terrible parent. So there's a lot of mom shaming that goes on with this one. Yeah. And we're yeah. right in smack dab in the middle of that. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. Exactly. Like most of motherhood, yeah. really. <laughs> is, is that a is that a social media phenomenon? Or do you, do you, do you get kind of some upset people in in the actual exam room no i mean the thing is you know and it's such a good question you kind of brought up before that it it's what we like the connection we have with our patients one-on-one uh mm-hmm. we're not like we're not coming at anyone right so there's like yeah if we ask right. questions and then if a parent says like i'm struggling with sleep then we're like well how can i help you <laughs> like where where are you at right. what do you want to do what are your goals blah 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 and if they're bed sharing it's a simple listen i'd be a terrible pediatrician if i didn't tell you that that is very risky and could lead to your baby dying. 
Um, so let me help you. I have resources. I have, you know, I could do stuff and I'll hold your hand the whole way, you know? Um, so it's just such a different environment than what we deal with on social media. When you're like connecting with a person one-on-one, I think they, they feel that you care for them. Absolutely. Online. It's just, you're, it's that what you said. Death, death to the people. Well, I, I think it's that mommy guilt and daddy guilt. It's that parent guilt that on social media, you're not having that conversation. So you're making a statement. And so it kind of taps yeah. into people's guilt or whatever triggers them. And so it mm-hmm. just kind of escalates, you know, we're having conversations. We're not, you know, saying there's one way to do anything. I mean, everybody has a different life. Everyone has a different environment, family, right. everything. So it's more collaborative, like Sammy's saying, when we're one-on-one, but when we make statements, then it's automatically like we're tapping into that guilt somewhere where if someone can't do that or, you know, it, it kind of mm-hmm. triggers them. And then right. they're not really listening to the whole conversation. They're just very upset by that. So like when I tell people not to use Visine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, or granted, or you stakes, tell emergency doctors not to use ultrasound on like, the eyeball. Like, yeah. Like the stakes are a bit lower here with Visine use, but uh, to an ophthalmologist, it's, it's, um, you know, one of the most important things you can talk about. Yeah. And then there's Apparently. also like an element of like people don't know what pertains to them and what doesn't. Like there's so much yeah. like yeah. you'll you'll tell someone, for example, don't use Visine. And then there's this guy that's like, I used it in 1986. How dare he? And it's like, you know what? Maybe we weren't talking to you. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> right. You know, Maybe your situation is not exactly the same situation right. as this person's. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Okay, that's that's uh, so sleeping that 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 gets people riled up, mm-hmm. right? It's hard media. too because if your kid is not sleeping well, then you're not sleeping yeah. well, and so it you know you're not so you're in the ornery. best state of mind to begin with. Oh, and I remember the like we had a terrible sleeper uh, when she was a baby, and it was brutal, yeah. like like all, like torture level brutal, right? Like it got really bad. I was so ready I to have pop some, off on people on social media. I, I have a lot. Of, sympathy for people that are struggling with that particular issue (laughs) but yeah it gets dicey i do too i had one of those too and the thing is i can say that to someone who i'm talking to one-on-one like guess what i've been in your shoes before but on social media they again they just don't feel we care because we're not connecting so it's just accusations yeah Yeah. all right all right i got i got one that's still off the wall here haircuts We've done that before. Have we? I I just I totally made that up. I'm just trying to come up with something uh, that uh, that maybe somebody has gotten mad at you about uh, getting your kid's haircut. I'm totally making a video about. Does that piss anybody off? No. Yeah. We get it more in clinic. Yeah, we get ear piercings a lot in clinic, and when to cut hair and things like that in clinic. But no one really gets angry about it that I know (laughs) of. That's a that's a one piercings that's, i bet yeah that's yeah. probably a, yeah. especially in little you know in baby girls a lot of people think it's a cultural you do thing it when, right? yeah. i think Sometimes. there is there are some cultures yeah that do that but also just some people think well you know if i do it now then the kid won't remember, remember the, the pain. pain of it and you know like you're like you think you're doing them a favor you know like mm-hmm. i think that's where the intention might come from but then obviously you run into issues of like well but maybe the kid would have decided they didn't want pierced ears and now it's too late so. How old were you when you got your ears pierced? Well, I uh, was seven or eight, and I had to go back to get the second one done. Oh, really? <laughs> I got the first, first time through, one. and you were. I was like, "Nope, I am out of here." <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So yeah, it took me a couple of days to muster up gotcha. courage to go back. That's mm-hmm. well, probably. It sounds like one of our kids. <laughs> it does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay. All right. This is the moment everyone's waiting for. Vaccines. Mm. Look. 580. <laughs> is that is that the the most the, the hottest topic uh in in, pedi- in pediatrics? It's got to be, I right? I mean, we knew like, the else? anti-vaccine movement had gained a lot of popularity. I mean, yeah. it started, you know, a couple of decades ago honestly, but mm-hmm. it's taken a life of its own and then throw in a pandemic and a new vaccine. Right, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so and well, autism. and now there's the RSV vaccine that's well, I think new, that's what and about. no, the COVID vaccine. Well, obviously the COVID and vaccine, then RSV but now. I, I was actually hoping you could tell us about the RSV vaccine, because I've had people ask me about it. I'm like, I don't know anything about the RSV vaccine. So so t- tell me about this vaccine. I'm kind of just for my own curiosity. It's awesome. It's, a, it's yeah. actually a monoclonal it. antibody. Yeah, I mean, we literally, like pediatricians, like we were like, we had our popcorn well, just, ready. We were like ready to go. You just mm-hmm. talked about how during intern years, like RSV season is a thing. It's a where, big thing. It's one of the that, highest causes of infant mortality. It causes recurrent wheezing. It's just a, the bane of, you know, our existence and parents' existence. And RSV is no yeah. big deal for an older child or an older person. But for the extremes, the super young and the super old, it, it, it can be really, really dangerous. And there's no, there's no real treatment for it either. Like, so once they get it, you just have to offer supportive care in the hospital, oxygen fluids, you know, potentially intubate and just cross your fingers, uh, which stinks. So we felt like it was a long time coming. And now they yeah. they actually, have, there's two uh, options. There's parents can get, or mothers can get uh, a vaccine while pregnant, which offers, you know, passive immunity mm-hmm. to the baby. Uh, and, and you want to do that, I think in the third trimester, right, Anna? Obviously closer to right. delivery. And then there's this monoclonal antibody uh, that that recently came out that's that we're everyone's calling the vaccine for kids, but uh, it's just offered to babies eight months and younger because they're the ones that are at higher highest risk of being hospitalized um, oh, from wow. RSV. And so we just try to give it in that first eight months and then get them through that first season essentially. So you've just given them mm-hmm. the tool, the antibody to fight it, and right. then yeah, it's I mean, it's great. It's already it's How already it in shortage. <laughs> just a few oh, weeks. Really? Yeah. yeah. It just came out. Um, yeah, we, we've had an RSV, another vaccine for like preemies, very, very micro preemies, you know, in the past, but we were waiting to have it for the general population, for the healthy newborn, for all of that we've been waiting. Um, so yeah, there's already a shortage. And, um, I feel like this is the one vaccine though, that I'm not getting a lot of pushback on because parents that have had other children that have gone through RSV or have had family or friends, they know kind of the toll that it takes on them. And um, with COVID, we have had a ton more pushback with the COVID vaccine and even with the flu yearly, you know, the flu has been around forever, but I feel like with COVID, uh, with the RSV vaccine, it's like we're in shortage and everybody's asking me for it. And so um, it's something I think parents are actually really on board for. So I haven't had much Mm. pushback on it. Oh, that's like great. the others. That's interesting. And it's just the one, one, one dose. and done. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That is very, which is also awesome. Pretty that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Goodness. I have one if we're. Oh, please. Yeah. I, I have a few more, but I want to no, hear. I want to, yeah, I want to know about, about screen time. Oh, that was on my list. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I would say so. Vaccines is a fifty thousand yeah, yeah, scale from one exactly. to ten. Um, screen. If you did a video about screen time, what would be the reaction? 
Me personally, I would say like a six or seven. I think we get, we definitely do get a lot of, you know, like passing judgment. And I think we both are kind of conscious because we recognize that screen time is a thing, you know, like it, we're not getting away from technology. We're not getting away from screen time. It's the world we live in, you know? And so we try to come at it from a perspective of it's okay. It's okay. If your child gets screen time, you know, but here are the things that you can control. These are the things that you can manage with screen time, how you can avoid it in certain situations or the length of time that you do screen time and what ages, you know, it's better to stay away from screen time when they're, when they're younger. Um, so I think we don't come at it from like, you know, uh, we, we, we're a little bit more, I think, understanding. Yeah. And so we get some pushback when we talk about it, but I don't feel like we get too much. No, I agree. I think okay. we have a series called "If It's Okay with You, It's Okay with Me," and essentially, <laughs> yes, yeah, great. And essentially, everything is on that list, with the exception of things that can harm your child. <laughs> so, like, as long right. as you're not actively, you know, putting your child in danger, i.e., not vaccinating, i.e., not putting a helmet on, or you know, um, yeah. water safety, all the things that could actively endanger your child, not using a car seat. If it's okay with them, it's it's really okay with us because that's kind of I don't know that person's personal situation. I don't know if I'm talking to a single mom who like, right. you know, is just trying to put dinner on the table and needs to plop her kids down in front of a TV for an hour or two so she can shower, get dressed and get the rest of the night on board. I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and tell her she's doing a bad job. Um, yeah. And that's that's on her to try to juggle. We We all know that we don't offer parents nearly as many resources as we should just to raise their kids. And everyone's just kind of, you know, especially since the pandemic, we're all just like just doing the, what we can to get by. So do the best you can. Yeah. Right? So I yeah. think because yeah. we have that approach, the the pushback we get are from those who are like, it rots their brains. What kind of a doctor are you that you're like normalizing it? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's mm -hmm. kind I of. I don't see how it's avoidable. Like, kind of like what you were saying, like even what is the AAP recommendation? It's like two hours a day or something. Even that is like. Uh, ambitious. Yeah, yes, thank you. That's a nicer <laughs> word than I was thinking. So, yeah, like I mean, for one thing it is, like you said, the world that we live in. So, as a parent, don't you want to prepare your child for the world they're going to live in, right? Like let's teach them some things around this digital citizenship and media literacy yes. and yes. you know, all of these things that they need to be on screens for. Then there's our kids are a little older now. They're 8 and 11. So now it's social time on screens. And so if you limit their social time, then, or if you limit their screen time, then you're, then you are, that does have real social ramifications for them. It's just so complex. Like as we've, you know, gotten further into it, it's just, it used to be very black and white, like no TV, you know, until they were two or something, I think is what we tried mm -hmm. to do. But but now it's just like, I don't know what the right answer is. Balance. So. There's got to be a balance in there for yeah. everyone. And, and, and not everyone's balance is going to be exactly the same because of their circumstance and their situation. But I think you nailed it on the head. Like we just have to empower parents to know the dangers and to teach their kids how to navigate the dangers. Like obviously there's a lot of online predators looking for kids. So that's an immediate, you know, threat that we need right. to, we need to help guide right. parents about. But when it comes to like, them sitting and watching Miss Rachel for an hour. Um, right. Go for it. You know, she's uh, teaching you something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're watching Bluey right yeah. now. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> they love Bluey. By the way, I love Bluey. Yeah. What do you think I about... Love Bluey. I know Bluey's one of those, like, <laughs> it's, it's a good, like, something for everybody. But what do you think about social media 
for kids since you are on social media now, like you, like you are, you have a company around social media. So you're kind of seeing the, the ins and outs of it. Plus the pediatrician perspective. I think, I mean, I, what are you going? No, I was just going to say, I think social media is something that affects all of us. And then for a growing brain and a, a child, that's kind of shaping their identity at that time. I mean, we see a lot of teenagers in the office and I think teenage depression, anxiety, mental health is on the rise and um, we can't contribute everything to social media, but it does play a role, you know, because of um, kind of they're at that vulnerable phase in their life where their identity is being shaped and what they think about the world. So I think just like everything else, um, what they're exposed to matters, whether it's social media, whether it's in their personal life, their friends, their family, I mean, all that's impacting. And the social media is kind of that, that realm that is not as, you know, always as filtered. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it takes, I think it's very difficult to be a parent in this day and age to be able to juggle, you know, how much, how much access they get to social media. And that's, again, you know, there's a thousand ways to parent. And this is for each family and each person to kind of decide what their limits are, what their balance is. And it's our job to say, okay, you know, we see if we're on screens right before bed, this is going to affect your sleep. You know, if you're, there's online predators, there's all these risks that are available so that parents are aware um, because we see it kind of on a bigger scale, you know, and then it's for each person to kind of decide, okay, how much, um, how much interaction they want to let their teen have on social media. And, you know, sometimes it can be really beneficial. We see teens doing great things on social media and, you know, making a big difference, but, um, at what point will it affect their mental health? And, and I think that's the hardest thing is to juggle that. Right. Yeah. I, I have two girls too, and, uh, they're 11, uh, sorry, 10 and 13. I don't even know how old they are. Um, <laughs> they're 10 and 13. And I, my husband, and I always joke the 13 year olds, the Guinea pig, <laughs> the, yeah. the 10 year olds, the one that gets like the parents actually knowing what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so with the 13 year old, our, our approach, you know, I got, scared at first like i know that it's it's a bottomless pit with social media and i i don't know what content she will be exposed to like i can't really right. monitor it i can can't put some, control yeah, everything I, they see exactly i can yeah. put some like controls and stuff but like do i really know right but then on the other hand i didn't want her to be like the kid that didn't get like i didn't want to say like a hard stop no and then and then she's right. out of my house and then it's like the kid that never got candy that like binge eats kit kats you know right and then right. like just then ends up like thinking that it was this like forbidden fruit. So I felt and I don't I hope I don't end up eating my words someday when she's like 18 years old, but I felt that it's so much about like trust between parent and child. And so I, mm. you know, she asks, can I now blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of go like, OK, but just know that that means blah, blah, blah. So you mm. need to tell me if like a friend is posting something funny, or if you come across something that doesn't feel right, you need to tell me so that I can look and I can protect you. And I have been perhaps too honest with them. Like I do tell them about online predators. I do tell them that there's people looking for them. I do, you know, um, I, I hate Roblox. Oh my God. I don't know if your kids play Roblox. Yes. Yes, they do. They love Roblox. I hate it. It's yeah. I I am with you. It's uh. yeah. It's so hard. There's so many yeah. 
yeah. nooks and crannies yeah. to Roblox and how can you know all the time like where they yes. are and what they're doing and is it safe and who are they talking to and oh right. my gosh and all their friends are on it yeah. but all their, all their friends right that's where they yeah. hang out so so yeah I just like constantly hammering in that if I don't know I can't protect you if I don't know I can't protect you so if I don't you know so they just like they report everything for now you know and we just yeah. tiptoeing our way through but your oldest yeah. could really play some some nice little practical jokes on you <laughs> and be like mom I I just I don't know about this fluoride yeah. thing. It's just I've seen some, you know, uh, some pretty compelling content. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know what? She helps me with my videos because she's more technologically savvy than I am. So when I do need editing, she's my go-to person. So she's actually well aware of my pain points yeah. with PDF, and she's actually yeah. the one that she's thing. like, "That's so boring, mom." You just you don't yeah. you don't have a catch you don't have anything there's like right. you need to start off. You like, should hire her. Yeah. You said you needed some editing and stuff. We really like, need give that to. to her. Yeah, open go. an IRA for her while you're right. at it. And there you go. <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> you sound like Anna. <laughs> That's literally what I tell her. <laughs> she does half of our editing. Yeah. I think we need to, you know, give back. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope your daughter listens to this yeah. and she, she starts hitting you up for a a, a paying gig. <laughs> Um, all right, I have one more. Okay. Actually, maybe one more plus a bonus that's strictly for me. <laughs> um, all right, here's this one is not for me. Using deodorant. Oh. That that's more uh, something that we're dealing with now as our kids get older. Well, I I mean, so yeah, ever, there's the whole a whole thing about, about like deodorant? aluminum and deodorant, right? And so there's like a movement against uh, just like using natural deodorant. I had no idea if there's a movement against, against it. I'm just curious. Deodorant. Like, do you ever get any pushback on uh, deodorant? You're giving me ideas for videos, though. <laughs> yeah, you need, I mean, could you just send us these there you once go. in a while? Yeah. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you promise to give me an answer, I'll send yeah. you all the questions. I've, I, I've never seen you refute uh, any myths about deodorant use in teenagers. So, because wasn't know. there a link about like deodorant and breast cancer or something that people were worried about? They weren't sure. I don't know. I don't know where that landed. Yeah. But... Um, so you know it's so much. kind of like the microplastics water bottle. Like there's evidence, but there's no conclusion kind of thing, and the yeah. evidence is inconclusive for mm -hmm. now. You know. And so yeah. those are those are the tough things I think we navigate online, right? It's like red dye, bad or not bad, you know, aluminum, bad or not. Like the dose matters, right? And everything, right? And so are you like licking the aluminum or are you just <laughs> applying it like a normal person um, under right. your arms? So for parents who are hesitant, I think, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that um, like for a lot of parents, probably like you guys too, like it sneaks up on you. The need for the kid to use deodorant sneaks up on you way yeah. before you think it will. Yes. And yes. I was shocked. Yes. And so Absolutely. when it happens, Please. you're like, well, we got to take care of it. But like, I can't believe my 10 year old is going to need deodorant, you know, so that you've got this. So I always like say like, look, you have other options for us. Like, let's talk about like antibacterial soaps or actually certain acne cleansing products help um, if they use that under their arms. Oh, so you could you start there. And then yeah. uh, if that doesn't work, then, you know, you can always put a deodorant, but we, we all use How it. How do you recommend that you tell your child that they smell horrible? <laughs> Honestly, I was just going to say that I don't get as much pushback on the deodorant, but I get all the parents coming to me. Please tell them about everything puberty related. Yeah, so, so true. They so literally true. just come in and they're like, okay, now there's this smell. 
and I need you to handle mm-hmm. this. Yes. And yeah. I need you to tell them everything <laughs> that will happen from here on here on out. And, you know, just take it. <laughs> so we Ugh. get a lot of that in the clinic, I think. And just the whole, the steps. So I think we, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think they start talking about it sometimes at like seven, seven or eight with yeah. some kids that will start showing those signs with body odor, you know, as early as that. It's wow. so awkward because they're not like grooming themselves well yet. Yeah. And so they don't care. Yeah. They still want to play. Right. They're still little. But like, I mean, how I told my girls, we, you know, we're a family of jokesters. So I literally like, you, is that you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess that, you know, once, once people like, once their peers start making fun of them and they care about their peers making fun of them, I feel like it's self-correct. Oh, for sure. You know, they figure mm. it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> once they get into middle school, then you got the opposite problem. It's like, I can't exactly. leave my house until it's all perfect. And there's this one mm-hmm. hair that won't fit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Does that happen? What? That. Yes. Oh, okay. When, especially for girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. I've yeah. Never, never experienced that. But you can probably tell by looking at me. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> never been a concern for me. You've seen my videos. So, anyway. All right. my I got one more. Um, a little self-indulgent. Uh, just a little bit because it's something that I've talked about on social media, and that's uh, glasses mm. with kids. And um, and so Who my, would oppose glasses on kids? So, Actually, this is a really big problem uh, where there's a, a a myth that's that's out there. It's been there. It's been out for for decades. And and you have this this group of people, a lot of people that have in their head that glasses make your vision worse, that huh. make you you're you dependent on glasses. Right, or like they get, make your eye muscles weaker. Right. They make your eyes weaker and you just have to wear glasses more. And then I, I have to tell people, no, it's just physics, like your eye is a different shape and you have to wear. Gla-. But it's dangerous in kids that that thinking, because um, sometimes kids, you can end up with amblyopia, which is essentially your brain just doesn't develop the ability to see normally out of one or both eyes. And so, and sometimes that's treated with glasses. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen it before where parents, you know, they were told either by their parents or sometimes by social media that this is going to make my kid's vision worse. And so they don't enforce glasses where they don't tell their kids to wear the glasses. And then the kid ends up with, Mm -hmm. you know, less than perfect vision. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of my, I hate, uh, and I always get tagged in those videos too. Yeah. All the do TikToks. you guys see those? Do you get any backlash on those? Um, you know what? I think we should that? do a collaboration video. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do it. Like, yeah. Like, get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to say my parents still live in Houston. So, uh, you know, next time I'm in town, I'm going to We don't even have up. to be in town. You can just yeah. do it. Exactly. Well, it'd be great. It'd be fun to just bring a person well, right. too. Yeah, it would be right. Old school. We're all, we're all <laughs> Shanti's old listening. She's writing it down. Yeah, Shanti. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. Um, I, so, but anyway, that's, that's like, I don't know. I don't know if you. I feel like I get less of, I mean, I think what I see more in practical, like in practice mm-hmm. is that parents are just not as compliant with getting the routine. I, you know, like we do a lot of education about, okay, you know, they're having headaches or they're having, you know, some other symptoms that this could be related to their vision and to get routine care. Um, I, I do see some, I do see that mentality where they say, well, you know, do they really need it? Or is this going to make it worse? Are they going to get dependent on it? We get that a little bit. Um, but on our social media, I haven't seen too much of that pushback. It's more just getting people 
to take it seriously because they're like, oh, they haven't complained. They act fine. They play, they see it, you know, but a lot of these things get missed. So that's the biggest thing. Definitely. Yeah. Like we did a myopia awareness video about a year ago and that didn't get much, much pushback, but I actually, I don't know if you agree Mm -hmm. with me, Anna, um, that I feel that like below a certain age, we get more pushback on glasses, but then once they're school age, they're way more open to it. Uh, hmm. but I think it's cause the kids can vocalize, like I can't see, you know, and right. it's just very like, mm-hmm. I can't see that letter mom. And then they're like, well, like, I have no choice. You need glasses. But if they're like one, two years old and we notice some strabismus, which basically means like a lazy eye or your eyes mm-hmm. kind of drifting. And we're like, Hey, guess what? That's not really supposed to happen. Let us send yeah. you off to ophthalmology. Hopefully all they need is some glasses. They're like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're like, wait, no, <laughs> you don't have that much time yeah. <laughs> to cement that visual yeah, cortex. Better glasses than surgery to fix that issue. Well, the, that's why it's pre preschool or really, you know, screening by the age of four or five is so, so critically important because, yeah, the kids aren't going to be really verbalizing because most of their world at that age is up close mm. is right here. Right. So um, they're they may not have any symptoms. And so you got to have that screening, you know, at the age of four, by the age of four, every kid should, you should see 2040, 2040 by age four. That's like the general rule of thumb there. And so, um, and, and, and it's, uh, in fact, there are 10 States that don't require screening for, you know, pre-K kindergarten, most states do now, but there's a good number that um, don't require. Is there a how to put? Is there a geographical pattern to which state those are? <laughs> uh, but as a matter of fact, there is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me, but you know, there's a good number of them. Uh, you know, I would say there's a good number of red states. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that are just generally a- against you know government regulation. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not so much about like they're they're out to get kids' eyeballs. Right. Like, no, we want the, we want our children blind. No, it's just it's more like the anti-government yeah, regulation sure. and, and that has other consequences. And it's not just that, it's also just driving laws and vision requirements for driving and yeah, uh, right. so it's uh, all kinds of stuff. You know what's so, crazy? My ten anyway. uh, year old needed glasses and even as a pediatrician, totally missed it. Like she was it she went five it's years easy to. and she had astigmatism like just the worst and i just thought she was terribly clumsy i mean just like oh no and and (laughs) she had to do a placement test uh to get into her school and she just bombed the visual spatial aspect of it and did well on everything else and they uh when they were telling us the test results they were like you know that's really odd when they score really well and everything except this and usually that means that they need glasses and i was like what and I, lo and behold, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I guess I'll take her. I never saw any other signs, you know, <laughs> just totally yeah. in denial. And then, yeah, it turned out like Coke bottle, like, kind of. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So I think for Isn't parents, it funny like, how you, when it's right under your nose all the time. Yeah, yeah it's harder to see. Absolutely. Certainly for you. I, I went, I might have to change eye doctors. I went to him <laughs> one time for my, for my, you know, ophthalmology exam or whatever. And, you know. You're fine. <laughs> there's that, that he says all the time. But also it was like end of the day appointment or something. And so you were just in a hurry and I don't know, I think we had to go pick up a kid or something. And so you were really in a hurry. And so he just like breezed or like barely looked at me. And I was like, we had to have a talk afterward when we got home. I was like, I want 
the same level of care that you provide to all of your other patients. <laughs> I was being compassionate because I know you don't like bright lights. That's I am floored that you guys care for each other because, like, my husband and I, I mean, it, <laughs> don't even go there. My husband, like, he's, you know, he's, he's an, um, he mock, but he's also internal medicine. So, if I have like a thing, I mean, he's like, I, I don't know, ask your doctor. Yeah. Like he will not touch <laughs> right. that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> I am floored you guys can do that. Mine calls me yeah. a fake doctor until he's like dying somewhere. And then he's like, now I need you to be my doctor. But until then, yeah. you're just not a real one. You take care of the little people. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's take another break and we'll be back to wrap it up. All right, we are back with Dr. Anna and Dr. Sammy, and we are uh, going to read a story that was sent in by one of our listeners. This is a good one. This is from Laura. Uh, and Laura says, during my internal medicine rotation, one of my patients uh, was a woman who routinely received peritoneal dialysis and now presented with peritonitis. Okay, what does all that mean? Peritoneal dialysis is when you got to stick a big giant needle in the abdomen and take out a bunch Ugh. of fluid. Okay. And anytime you stick a needle in anything, you can make that thing infected. So, sure. so that's what was going on here. Okay. Um, eventually, she also developed constipation and a small bowel obstruction. That's where the small yeah, bowel, I, okay. I uh, which failed to <laughs> respond to a nasogastric tube and enemas in treatment. Our team was considering putting a longer tube down to better decompress the bowel, which was called a canter tube. Have you guys heard of a canter tube? I've never heard of that. I had no idea. I can't. So am I to understand that goes into your mouth to start? Uh, an NG tube goes goes through the nose, nose. down into the All stomach. All the way down. And they were thinking, then you just keep it on going. A, long, a longer <laughs> tube? I suppose so. It through I to had the no intestines. idea they had longer ones that, uh, I don't know how long they go. I don't know. Do, oh. you, do you guys deal with like pediatric gut stuff? Like, totally, but we're not hospitalists anymore. So that, that stuff right. is like a distant memory now. Do you call it yeah. pediatric gut stuff or <laughs> is that just me? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess gut shit yeah. would be more of a, more of a, a appropriate. Yeah. like a good student. I took the time to tell my patient what was being considered that they had to put on this canter tube. She sat quietly and nodded her head the entire time, but did not ask any questions. I left her room, patting myself on the back for how well I was informing the patient. Later that day, the resident approached me to ask what I had told that woman. Apparently, as soon as I left, she had called her family to tell them that I told her she had cancer. Oh, no. She had misheard cancer as cancer. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Not cancer to cancer. You can imagine my horror at this news. I immediately ran to the room and apologized profusely, but I had learned my lesson. Be careful about the specifics that you share with the patient, especially words that rhyme with cancer. My goodness. Oh, that would be so scary. <laughs> yes. I There was a similar uh, story back when we talked to my, so we had my, uh, my residency program um, director, uh, came on as a guest and uh, he has a very similar story because we operate with patients who are awake during cataract surgery. So sometimes we, we chat with them <laughs> and we, we talk to each other. Well, there is this, this disease, this thing in ophthalmology that's called malignant glaucoma. And, uh, and it has nothing to do with cancer or malignancy. Uh, but we, you know, it came up during a conversation we were having with each other during a surgery 
And then that patient showed back up to clinic for a post-op like, a couple like, weeks later. Yeah, like it had been a it while. Several, yeah, it was like several weeks later. And he's like, Doc, when are you going to tell me about the cancer? <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> just living with that that whole time. Oh. So, yes, it's absolutely true. You got to, you know, be careful what you what you say and <laughs> make sure you're very clear. Uh, I learned what a canter tube is. Yeah. It's some kind of long tube that goes an indiscriminate amount of the way <laughs> through your intestines. Thanks, it doesn't Laura. sound comfy. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Uh, you can send us stories, uh, your stories, knock, knock, high at human-content.com. Thank you, Anna and Sammy, for coming on. It really was a pleasure to finally get to to talk with you. And uh, I just I was so impressed by what you guys are doing, honestly. It's, um, yeah, it's really great. And need, it's needed, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so needed. Just fighting against all the misinformation and, and just setting the record straight and telling people, just informing people about what they need to know about kids. Like, it's like, how awesome is that? So thank you for being here. And Tell us uh, 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 so where we can find you and what you're working on and what are your goals in life? <laughs> well, thank you for having us. We're And thank you for making us laugh through it all because really your videos crack us up all the time. So, Do you, do you have a unicorn headband at <laughs> we all? We definitely Is do. That... Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> in COVID, we got those like special unicorn, you know, shields too. So we did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, see, we are the PD pals on all of the social media accounts. So we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. Um, we have a podcast as well. It's called The Well Child. So that's still available for parents. Um, we did a couple of seasons of it. So there's a lot of good information there. Um, and so, yeah, we're everywhere. You want to find us. That's great. Yeah. Check it out. Thank you guys again. And uh, we'll talk uh, maybe sometime in Texas yeah. at some point. Down yeah, the road. there you go. Thanks for having us. All right. <laughs> Take care. Oh, so fun to talk to the PD pals. Yeah, they are fun. I always watch their videos. When do they you? Come up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. Uh, I, I always, uh, I, I, I am always impressed by people who can like face adversity, like, in stride on social media mm -hmm. you know because it, it it really starts to wear on you to like yeah. get a lot of people who even if they're wrong like they're just like and and, and you know you're right about something it still is like yeah, it hard hurts to have to, people say mean things to you no yeah, matter it's never fun yeah people can say whatever they want behind a computer screen you know right. so and they're the, the point about like the difference in person and on social media is yeah. so important to remember it's like it's not the real world right. on social media, right? Um, so uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, do you do you have any other like social media doctors that yeah you want us to talk to? Because we get a lot of requests for those, and we've had a number yeah. of them, uh, and it's always a fun conversation. There are lots of ways to hit us up. You can email us knock knock high at human contentcom Visit us on our social media platforms, uh, like all of them, pretty much. Um, kick it with us and our human content podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at human content pods. Thanks you. For, thanks you. Thanks you. <laughs> Thank you to all the great listeners leaving feedback. We love to see good feedback. Everybody loves, I mean, the, the, the angry comments are no fun, we, you know, just generally on yeah, social media, sure. but good comments. Yeah. Those are great. Are nice. We like those. Sure. If you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, we can give you a shout out like today morbid on spotify said hilarious and informative oh keep them coming yeah nice that's great i'm sure like you're hilarious and i'm informative right yeah so that's it goes. the order I'm sure <laughs> um and uh full episodes of this podcast drop every week on my youtube channel at d glockenflecken 
We also have a Patreon. Ooh, Patreon. Yes. It's a fun time of, over there. We just had, uh, not too a long hangout. ago, we had a hangout. Mm-hmm. We got to just chat, talk about life, talk about things. Yeah, had some um, cocktails while we talked to our patrons. It's fun. epiphanies and, and just glorious times. It's wonderful. <laughs> Don't oversell it. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's just good. It's good. Uh, my mom was there, and my dad was there. They were, yeah. they were, they were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of cool perks, bonus episodes, or react to medical shows and movies. You can hang out with us and the other members of the Not Not High community. We're there. We're interacting. We're having videos and comments and whatever, everything. Early ad-free episode access, interactive Q&A, live stream events, and much more. Go to patreon.com slash glockenflecken or glockenflecken.com. Speaking of Patreon community perks, new member shout-out. Bella E and Bubbly Salt. Ooh, we're getting some really Ooh, good names lately. We love the, the, I like fun, the fun names. The fun names are fun. Bubbly Salt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're really struggling at this point. It's late. We're mm-hmm. recording this late, late, late. Uh, shout out, as always, a, 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 a virtual head nod to the, the to the Jonathans. Why can I not talk today? I spent all you, day talking. You've, yeah, you're kind of I've, I've at your quota. I've, yep. It's I've been about not, 12 hours of talking. I don't normally use this many words mm-hmm. through the course of a day. Patrick, Lucia C., Sharon S., Omar, Edward K., Stephen G., Jonathan F., Marion W., Mr. Granddaddy, Caitlin C., Brianna L., Dr. J., Ross Box, Chaver W., Leah D., K. L., Rachel L., Ann P., Keith G., J. J. H., Abby H., Derek N., Jonathan A., Mark, Mary H., Susanna F., Mohammed K., Aviga, Bubbly Salt, and Pink, Pink Macho. Macho. I like that those are together now. Bubbly Salt and Pink Macho. Yeah, I'm glad Bubbly Salt. Thank you for being a Jonathan, because then we get to say it <laughs> next to Pink right. Macho. You can never cancel your subscription. <laughs> uh, Patreon Roulette, random shout out to someone on the emergency medicine tier, Ruth H. Thank you for being a patron. And thank you all for listening. We're your hosts, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Glockenfleckens. Special thanks to our guests today, the PD Pals, Dr. Anna and Dr. Sammy. Our executive producers are Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brooke. Editor and engineer is Jason Portizo. Our music is by Omer Vince V. To learn about our Knock Knock Highs, program disclaimer, ethics, policies, mission verification, licensing terms, and have release terms, you can go to glockenplacken.com <laughs> or reach out to us. Sounded like your turkey. Uh, knock Knock High at human-content.com with any questions, concerns, or fun jokes, medical puns, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, let's just finish this. Knock Knock High is a human content production. <laughs> Hey, Kristen, you ready for the holidays? I am. I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous because it's a really busy time of year. Yeah, we don't have time to do anything. I know. And it's really hard for physicians around the holidays. Yeah, everybody trying to sneak in before January. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody wants an appointment. And so you're just, you're pressed for time. You have to multitask and just try to get it, fit it all in. That's right. You know, with work and with home life and everything. But you know what helps? What's that? Dax. Oh, yeah. Saves you some time. The nuance. Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. It's it's great. It sits in the room with you and helps you with the documentation burden. So it's like one less thing you have to think about. Yeah, and it helps you connect with your patients better, which is always really important, especially around the holidays. Absolutely. We need to, to turn attention back to the patient-physician relationship. And uh, you should ask for it. Ask your company yeah. for DAX. Like, who wouldn't want a little DAX? Like a little Jonathan. Right. Just hanging out with you around the holidays. Yeah. It's fantastic. To learn more about the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience or DAX, visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com 
slash discover D-A-X.